fellers, wow. this has been one of our longest breaks uh, yeah. of recent memory. And, I think and just, it, in, just in case, I brought four sets of headphones. Okay. Oh, <laughs> in case we got here and Mono was like, Man, it took, I'm at home. Yeah. It was a trip. It yeah. took me two and a half hours <laughs> to get here. Worth every minute. Wow, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, man, where are you? You just come from Laurel? Or? I come from DC. DC. I work in DC. But you I live, live in, in Laurel. Laurel. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So okay. the drive from DC to Laurel is about an hour, but Damn. if if there's no traffic, it's like a thirty minutes. Right. Like thirty right on the dot. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy. It is, man. Have you been to that cinema in Laurel? That like it's, it was one of the first ones around here that had like the nice reclining seats. It's a Regal. So that is thirty seconds away from our apartment. Holy shit! We can walk. Okay, so, I know where you live then. Like the, the, those newer apartments that are around there. That's the apartment building that I live in. Wow. Yeah. That's dangerous. So, but not with Movie Pass. Here's a problem. Yeah. My Movie Pass isn't working right now. No. Yes. Oh so remember God. when I talked to you guys about it? Mm-hmm. Still hasn't been fixed. What and changing th- your credit card? Yes. No. And that that one is oh. eligible. I used it one time, and and that's when we didn't even live there. Damn. Now I can't use it. She hers is hers works fine. She can do whatever she wants. That pisses me off, especially this time of year, as yeah. you know the good movies yeah. start coming out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know where I live. That's crazy. I did, I, I've done like two screenings there, and every time. It's just like wow, this is really nice. Man, that and area, that little strip has like every restaurant you or most of like the look, fast casuals that are nice. You don't have to tell yeah. me. We're trying to get into just like trying them out. Yeah. There's this Thai restaurant that's around there. That's, man, that place is nice, man. I, I've I've done awesome. that that getting that apartment kind of stepped into this whole world of like let's let's get into this convenience. Let's let's eliminate going really out, far to yeah. get places. That's cool. It's it's pretty cool. Man. What you call a lifestyle, my friend? Look, man, I, I've I've made some decisions. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've yeah, chosen. I'm like, look, I'm I'm 34 years old. I want to enjoy my life, and I want to walk to the movie theater. I think in the parlance of our time, you're a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's what it's Thank called. Thank you for summing it all up. Yeah. Well, I still can't believe that we're all in the same place. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say, let's take a quick roll call. I'm John. I am Ron. I'm Steve. It feels it good yeah. to see movie, you guys. Movie episode 205? Someone have to check their app. I can comfortably say, and I can't say this to all of my family members, that I love you guys. <laughs> I well, think we could you. all agree on that. It's mutual. Uh, so how's everything been going for everybody? How's, how's the, it's 2018? 2018. The last time we saw each other... I don't think we knew it was going to be the last time we saw each other for the year. And then the last time we talked to each other was for the last episode, which was the holiday Shmoliday yeah. episode, which mm. was going to be in person, but turned out to be a phoner because right, of right. miscommunication or because of Ronald just at some point making a judgment call that he was going home instead. <laughs> that was that lifestyle choice. Yes, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go places. Yes. My body was supposed to go. Can I walk to, to your to house, Boston. John? Not interested. Not, nope. I just gave up. Are you at the movie theater? Nope, not interested. <laughs> but then Steve had pneumonia. Yeah. And I think that's the Jesus thing that really man. then once that happened and then the holidays. That, that night is pretty much when it happened, yeah. I think, to me. Because like, uh... then like that Thursday is when I went, I had a, or Thursday or Friday, I had like a fever and Damn. shit got real. Surprisingly, uh, for how crazy busy my life is, I, I'm seeing a fair amount of movies. I'll say thanks to Movie Pass. 
maybe. I don't yeah. know. It does make like, it easier uh, to just kind of treat it like, what movie shall I see today? Right, right. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. One, and one and they finally fixed on um, your issues not resolved. They mine. Have, they fixed yours? How it was like, wasn't changed to the annual yeah. thing. They fixed they, it. They actually sent me an email. Get and, like, the hell out We're ahead of, of that shit and fixed mine and Aaron's account. Let me look at my account and see if they fixed because, it. Because uh, we're now on the annual plan, so mm -hmm. I'm good for a whole year. Yes. It just makes you feel so yeah, free about it. I'm comfortable, They still have not fixed it. 89.95 or whatever it was, and I'm good for a year. Not bad. I see like five movies and I'm covered. Right, or six movies, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I've been, I've been surprised with how much I've been able to kind of squeeze in and little pockets and <clears throat> you know watch when I can watch it mm -hmm. and uh, and some that are like now on video on demand or streaming or anything like that. Like ones I missed back in the summer when Sydney was born, trying to get caught up on some of them. Just you know, I feel my my top ten list shaping itself, but mm -hmm. they're still. I'm glad that we kind of gave, we were talking about this, giving ourselves a little more time yeah. to, to kind of get these lists together because um, there's definitely a handful that I still have not seen that I that I, you know, want to see and need to see. But I've seen some really good movies in the past couple of weeks and cool. yeah. Looking back at the year, what I noticed was, and I think I observed this to you guys, that I almost could have two different lists. There's right, the list right. of small <clears throat> movies that have kind of crept up on me, and then there's the list of big blockbuster tentpole movies that turned out to be good. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it was a really good year for that. So I don't know if I have 10, but I have six or seven blockbusters that were really good this yeah. year. Almost better than they had any right to be. And then on the other side, there's probably at least that many. So yeah, I've seen a few. There's a few major holes in my uh, overall picture that I still need to fill. I still need to see uh, Phantom <clears throat> Thread and The Post and uh, I, Tanya. But mm. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of things. And I actually had... It's been a while since we have um, talked about... Uh, a bad experience in a movie theater, and I had I had a great, like, oh, wow. terrible experience movie? at a movie theater. Uh, Roman J. Israel. Which where might, did you see that at? Uh, over at Beltway. Oh yeah. yeah. Horizons. Oh man. <laughs> but it's. Like, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, well, I just wanted to see it before it left right. the world, you know, and because I was very curious about it, and and it was a it, it was a very sparsely attended movie. Okay. And the people that were sitting sort of like behind me and a few seats over. <clears throat> It was a couple, and they were just talking about the movie. Like, they were just, yeah. as though it was their oh, living room. Jesus. And they had food. And it was not, I mean, it wasn't just concession wrappers and stuff like that. They had, like, a grocery bag, like a plastic bag from a drugstore or a grocery okay. store of stuff. And that bag, if you can think of the sound that, like, a plastic grocery store bag makes, if you just kind of go crinkle, crinkle, crinkle with it, it's this... Super loud. You, you, there's no mistaking it. You're like that is not that is an outside bag. There's yeah, yeah. no way that that's not a theater provided bag. They were, and then they were just talking, and the, <clears throat> I did not want to shush. Them. I felt cowed about shushing them though because they were like 60. They weren't old. Right, right, right. And they right. weren't my age or younger. They were sort of in the 50s to 60s range, and okay. they seemed kind of I don't know. They just seemed like people I didn't want to trifle with. So I kept having to cock these little looks over at them just in disbelief. Right. And then about. Uh, a third of the way into the movie, maybe halfway, in comes like a guy, like a boop, 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 like a guy who's like strutting in, a big tall guy. And they're like, hey, there he is. And he's like, hey. And he sits down and he says, what did I miss? And they just start describing Great. the movie to him oh, in detail. Okay. And like, I was sort of going, no, that's not really what's happening here. Or, okay, I can see how they would put it that way. And then there's a part in the movie where Denzel Washington says um, something to the effect of, he's referring to his clothes not being impressive, and he says something like, my lack of success is self-imposed. And the mm. guy behind me was like, my lack of success is self-imposed. My lack of success. Did you get that? Did you hear that? He said, my lack of success is self-imposed. 
But then, this is the weirdest thing. The guy who came in and said, what did I miss? Started finishing lines and sang lines along with the movie. Oh. Like loudly, as though he's seen it before. Oh, or maybe he was clairvoyant. I uh, Maybe I confused the two were voices. Were you stuck in like men. an episode of Black Mirror or something? I, there were a couple of people that were in, in, the, in the row ahead of me, but they were kind of situated more in front of the people that were talking. So I was thinking, is this only going as far as me? You, yeah. Is anyone else hearing this? You know, this, this uh, wow. debauchery <laughs> in the movie theater. Um, so then he started saying lines of the movie along with the movie. And then the part, the, the thing that annoyed me the most after all that was the woman. I don't know if I can even do it. I practiced this noise. I can't do it. But have you ever been like in someone's office and and they they go they suck air in over their tongue and it makes this little but it's like a long version of that like she started doing that and it was just timed as though every time there was a pause where you could hear someone making yeah. a subtle mouth noise i would hear And at that point, I was just like, okay, this is actually more entertaining than the movie. I'll just, I'll just give into it. I can't wait to tell Ronald and Steve. But, you know, these were three wow. people in their 55 to 65 range. Right. Very full of life. I'll give them that much credit. They're out yeah, at a movie good. having fun with their friends. But it made me think, I wanted to ask them, excuse me, folks, but are you MoviePass customers? Because I really wanted to understand if that was maybe why this felt like their living room to them. Right, right, and is that right. like the bargain theater too? This, yeah, the, it is. Yes, so maybe this is so. where people come. They're not spending as much. Right, right, right. Yeah. They feel like nobody should care. It's the way people sometimes act at free screenings yeah. where they're acting like, we've all agreed we don't care because we didn't pay. Yeah. You know. So anyway, I kept waiting for someone to come. Like There, there are no ushers at, at Beltway Horizons. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to know what was up with that guy who came in halfway, said, what do you miss? And then seemed to... Another movie. Be like showing off that he knew what the characters were about to say. I think he did a polish on the script. That's Maybe it obvious. Was... <laughs> but you guys made a face when I mentioned that movie. <clears throat> Ooh, it's rough. It's, yeah, not what? A Who? What a. F I've been feeling yeah. a certain way about Denzel recently. I don't know, mm. I, and I felt it a little bit watching the Globes. Like a lot of his, like just him being interviewed about that movie, like him talking about that movie in, in such a special way. Oh man! I don't know. It was really weird to watch him, and like I, I don't know what it is, and I've, I've been trying to place it, but like I, I think I'm almost starting to feel like Denzel's like settling into like a weird spot. Like he's not like I don't I like I don't feel like he's done much recently that has really been something that's like new and exciting for him. Yeah, to I think really right. kind of like push his brand or push his and like fences acting. was a big showcase but it didn't quite yeah. click it didn't like yeah take but, up but it's also people. something he he's done before you mm -hmm. know it's like a, it's right. something he's revisited and taken to the screen and you know he's he's done a couple other movies that were like felt very cookie cutter action type films like mm -hmm. i don't know i just feel like i'm getting worried that he might be like losing reality like losing like the reality of what he could or should be doing as an actor at, at his age and at his the stage of his career that he's in like he's doing a, a, an equalizer sequel you know like a sequelizer sequelizer yeah <laughs> i don't know it's weird like i just had this weird feeling about denzel recently oh. who i'm a fan of oh, yeah, yeah. but don't there's you think so many actors don't you think maybe that's one of the things that makes uh roman j israel kind of irritating is that it seems positioned to be that movie that absolutely that nightcrawler was for jake gyllenhaal where it's mm -hmm. this great showcase for his performing and it sounds like they crafted he crafted the movie around. with yeah. dan gilroy who uh you know wrote the movie around this character that he co-created with denzel and you can feel stirrings of that i remember when you saw it ronald you said that about a half hour in is when it started to go <clears throat> off the rails for you yeah. and yeah. that up till that moment you were thinking 
how is this movie going to go off the rails? Because it's almost going, it's, it's like, it's almost too interesting. It's like, it's a, it is an interesting character study. Yeah. But then it turns into, I don't think that movie has any idea what it, yeah. what it means to be. It's yeah. not his and, and fault, though. No, it's not. But in the end, it it's sort of like Fences. Yeah. It's this movie that is clearly meant to be this huge reminder of like, oh, what a great actor Denzel is. And it just kind of, eh, it just kind of glances off the yeah. Yeah. mark. Everybody's not supposed to turn into Liam Neeson and make uh, action movies. Yeah, but it feels like he's almost like, Keeping one foot in that and one foot in this, like, I'm a serious Oscar-caliber actor, and uh, I did a Magnificent Seven remake that was managed to be boring. You know, like, I don't know. it was And forgettable. I had forgotten (laughs) that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, in trying to remember what he did recently, I forgot about it until we talk more about him. I don't know, but Denzel, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I I think he needs to... Hopefully he doesn't make one of our, like, lists of, you know, when we do our shows of, like... (laughs) Well, he might make a good list, like to see, like try to get him into like pairing him with a different filmmaker or like somebody that's not gonna do that. Like, what do you want this character to be? Like, more so, this is a character I've written. Mm-hmm. Bring him to life, you know. Right, like, right. show me why Denzel is Denzel. Like, he's highly respected and supremely gifted. Like, put that put that on the screen again. Yeah. Well, Steve, know? his lack of success <clears throat> is self imposed. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I heard it. But Ronald. one more time. His lack of success <laughs> is self-imposed. Yeah. See? He, but I feel like he always has that chance to kind of make something incredible. There are moments it. in this where you see it. Yeah. Where you see the movie that you could have really cared about this character and worried about him as he got in over his head. And <clears throat> this, I, I don't know, spoilers. They, they they try to shoehorn in a redemption for this character after sure. after showing us that he's sort of... Like, I didn't see really any evidence that he was any good at his job at all. Like, right. throughout the movie, he just is bad at the job that's given to him, and then he makes mistakes, and then he does horrible things to try to cover up those mistakes, and then he gets sort of caught, and then the movie kind of tries to throw this redemption idea at you without really earning it. And then you look at what was great about Nightcrawler was that it just followed this character down this logical path. Yeah. And I don't think there's a logical path no. for the character they came up with for this movie. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, a movie, I, a lot of movies that try a lot, I'm sort of, I'm, I kind of admire that. But you still want to, there's got to be some success rate within that. You can't sure. just give a movie credit for being ambitious. And I don't know what that next step is. If the next one is the sequelizer, then, then what else could he do? Like, I don't know. is he just going to be boring now? I have a. Has he turned into Harrison I have, Ford? I have thoughts. I have thoughts about <laughs> two actors that are. High caliber actors that should do two things: get some, get a director that's a little crazy, like a Sorkin or maybe like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, it seems like and, he always falls on the list. Yeah, I was like Tarantino is like the, the director you say will just like rock this person. But then you know also, like, I think Tar- the, the Coens also fall on the list. Oh, the Coens! And they, sure. But the, the reason is they're both examples of uh, directors who, when people show up, they play in their. Court. You know what? I don't think that Denzel will ever do a Quentin Tarantino movie. But I could I see think, I could see Roman J. It, Israel being a Cohen's character though, but, but in a much better yeah, movie. Yeah, he'll do a Cohen's <laughs> movie. I don't think he'll ever do a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> right. Just because of everything that happened with Spike Lee and all yeah. that stuff and so I'll say the Cohen's or yeah. Sorkin. Yeah. So who's the character? Are you are, are you saying those those are the or I thought you were gonna say two other actors. Oh, one other actor. Okay. Um Mr. Will Smith. Oh yeah, well yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who made? He's been on my mind recently. A travesty. 
I don't know why randomly. Oh, oh I know why he's been well, on. Well, I haven't mind. seen Bright yet. Oh, so whatever. So you haven't stabbed yourself before. No. Well, you haven't I have just stabbed myself before by accident. You yeah. haven't just peed on by yourself. Accident. I have done that too. <laughs> by, by accident. accident. By, yeah. by yeah. accident. Yes. Air quotes. Air quotes. I fucking love Will Smith um, too, man. I don't know. Recently, I watched Bad Boys, and then such uh, a g- my, my love for those characters have re- have like made me think about Will Smith a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like what happened. And, like, the fact that, like, a Bad Boys 3 is, like, completely pretty much dead now. It's dead? I mean, he, like, pretty much cut his ties with Sony this past week. So, I mean, that's probably not happening. I don't know if you've read. Like, he, so took, his, he, he took his production stuff. Like, out, he left from Sony. So, he's going to be a Netflix guy now? I have no clue, man. Bright sequel's coming, apparently. Yeah, yeah oh, it's coming. I, don't, I didn't mean to derail your no, 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 no. I just, um, I just wanted you. to say I, I love that. No, voice. I think we've mentioned that it's about a good movie. too, though. That it's like, Both of them. You yeah. know, in fact, when I was thinking about <clears> what we were saying about Denzel earlier about... That moment when an actor's name doesn't feel like it's sufficient anymore. Yeah. I think that what we're really seeing is an age of actors' names over the title not being the way movies are marketed anymore. Mm-hmm. Or at least right, right. the emphasis is on a lot of other factors <laughs> yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. a name. We've we've talked about this in relation to Tom Cruise, yeah. um, and we've talked about it in relation to Will Smith. And now you can kind of, I don't know how much of a of a draw a box office draw Denzel has been seen as throughout his career but there have been lots of movies he's been in that have hit that mark of yeah. here's a drama that made a hundred million dollars yeah. or something like that and that's solid you absolutely know? yeah so it's it's the it's the movie star like uh, moniker it's mm-hmm. not really it's not really there anymore when you when you relate it to box office anymore yeah Sometimes I think as a it's properties now right yeah it's properties franchising Maybe. I mean cause yeah. like I guess what I'm saying is Chris Pratt at Star-Lord Makes money. I don't know that Chris Pratt opens movies. You know, no, he doesn't. No, there's passengers no way. Does, yeah, no. Robert Downey Jr. Well, passengers was, was a, a passengers was a nightmare of a movie. Well, but but in terms but, of what it was, but, but his name sh- could have yeah. sh- should have opened that film if it was him. The, well, well, Jennifer Lawrence right, too. Too. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes though, like <clears throat> premise of the movie is sometimes a deterrent. That movie was a real. If a weird explain to, to me, sell. Uh, like the, the trailer doesn't really sell the premise no. in, in any kind of S- sell it to me in thirty way. seconds yeah. and make me feel like yeah. I gotta see this movie. And then it's two a people get stuck too. on a fucking what? Out of here! But, but that, but that's the, his get point is that it's here. more about like something else with the movie that's being sold. Like back yeah. in like the ni- early nineties, <laughs> like who who knew what a movie was about? But if Will <laughs> yeah. Smith was in the yeah. trailer, yeah, hundred million dollars, yeah. like mm-hmm. done. Brad Pitt, or not, yeah, maybe Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Cruz, for sure, yeah. like you just said. Eddie Murphy used but to now, have that spot. Yeah, Jim but now, not, not the case. That's because your money can go a million different places movie-wise. True, true. You can, oh, fuck, I'm going to watch Bright when I get home. And there's also like 10 times more movies coming out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a factor, too, it's I guess. abnormal amount of movies coming but out. There's been a lot of movies <laughs> that we just have skipped and because we haven't been getting together to talk, and then there's been a lot of action, like, you know, mm-hmm. big movies, small movies coming out. I hope that maybe in our best of episode, we get a chance to cover some of these movies that have come and gone in the last couple of months. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it's been a while since we've had a chance just to catch up on movies in general yeah. that we've mm-hmm. seen. Yeah. And this episode won't be that episode, because we're going right. to be talking about our... This uh, long intro yes. about that is not about what this episode's about. <laughs> But I do think, you know, maybe we'll come back to this idea, because we did do the Actors Jail episode yeah. at that time. Maybe yeah, yeah, we yeah. could come back to that sort of uh, that sort of very smug, pompous idea that we can give career advice to some of these guys. I think they call that a swerve in the wrestling business. Okay. Like when you think it's something, and whoop! Yeah. Wow, wow. Not what you think it's going to be. 
<laughs> what is this episode about? This episode is our favorite television shows of Absolutely. 2017. That is a swirl. And Ronald just learned what this episode <laughs> yeah, was about. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about something totally different. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, you might be thinking the next episode, which is the worst movies. Bless your heart. Well, that's why I, I have both lists in the I, same document. I have both lists, too. On the same document. Um, <laughs> don't mix the two up. <laughs> so this is technically TV Shmeevy episode nine. Okay, cool. The ninth time we've done a TV Shmeevy episode. Uh, the in, in the summer, we got into to covering Game of Thrones. So that was our big TV focus of this year. And then we spent right. one episode just talking about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's been a while since we've done sort of a general overview of television. Sure. And I'm actually looking forward to the lists that you guys have put together for this because I'm hoping you guys are going to tip me off to some of these shows I haven't seen that I can choose mm-hmm. more wisely because there is so much so many. good television right now. My, my standard for picking shows changed a little bit this year it, mm-hmm. it some of it is just like innovation in a in a way like mm-hmm. some, some like there's there's a there's a genre sort of there's the drama genre that's kind of dominating mm-hmm. there's some action but i think when i see a movie I, 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 I they feel like movies when i see a tv show that kind of goes outside of what i've seen for the past couple years mm-hmm. i'm a little more drawn to it i'm i'm um, I have one or two on it that I feel like nobody's going to have on yeah. list, which is pretty cool. My list is right down the middle for what someone might expect from me, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I did listen to our episode from last year when we talked about our favorite shows, and there's mm-hmm. not as much overlap. I was I was really worried that I, I'm just going to say the same shows that I did last time, but I don't think I'm going to do that. What about you, Steve? How do you choose what television shows to watch, and, and what service or services are you <coughs> using a lot? Have you cut the cord, or are you still yeah. uh, a cable Yeah, yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. So cut the cord. Um, we pull, I mean, I get some, I pull stations over the air still that mm-hmm. I don't pay for, you know, mm-hmm. just like over the air, basic cable. Um, but otherwise cut the cord, use streaming, use Plex. Um, I don't know my, my shows that I feel like came into the top five of my list. I mean, first off, I, I had a lot of great experience this year with watching TV. I had right, some right. new shows I love, some old shows that I love, you know, that continue to impress me. Um, but I found more so that there was a few on my list that kind of came out of left field for me, like that I didn't really know anything about until I actually turned it on and uh, really just kind of like wowed me. Yeah. Um, a little more diversity in the types of shows that I have on my top five in terms of cool. format and and just like the kind of show they are. Right. <clears throat> and uh, it might be one of the first years that an animated show made my list. I think I know what it is. <clears throat> it, you, you probably oh. do. But... um. It's cool. I, I just saw a lot of great TV this year, and uh, I think the consumption of the streaming platform has affected the uh, shows that are also kind of mm-hmm. have impressed me so much. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm excited to go over what we got. All right. Well, I guess uh, who wants to get us started with one of their picks? Knock I'll go, because I feel like nobody's going to pick this one. All right. So mine is gratuitous, gross, very violent. It got canceled, unfortunately. Oh, no. But I love it. Uh, and that's the sci-fi show Blood Drive. Okay. Never heard of it. Have you ever? Oh, my God. So it's like. Sci-fi channel or sci- sci-fi, the, 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 the sci- genre of film? Oh, it's the, the, the channel. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. So there was a show called Blood Drive that came out 
Of, uh, so, Ronald, early... I'm sorry, just while we're on that subject. Sure. What do you think about the fact that the sci-fi channel existed before the genre was created by I Tom don't know Cruise? how the hell that, that happened. That must have been like a break in the loop or something. In, I don't know in, how in that the, happened, man. Space-time it was, continuum? It was a silly, ridiculous sort of deal. Um, that was only of interest to anyone <laughs> that has been paying attention to our inside jokes on this show <clears throat> right, right, for right. how many years now? <laughs> What year did Oblivion many, come many out? Years. <laughs> of what, yeah, whenever Oblivion came yeah. out. So, um, Blood Race is a show about... Um, blood Race or Blood Drive? Blood Drive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's actually about a race. Um, so, there are some random people that get chosen, and they get these collars put around their neck, and they're forced to race. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's televised race. And it is, it's like a 70s exploitation sort of show hmm. it, it feels like that it's gross like and these cars um are powered by blood so people they you know during the race they throw humans into the front of the car what? to powers this the powers this these cars to race wow it is gross and weird but it's funny as fuck it's it's very silly man like mm-hmm. it feels like you know the trailers that um, they had in like uh, the double feature that Quentin Tarantino and yeah. Robert Rodriguez did. This feels like yeah. it's like a, it, it is definitely a grindhouse mo- uh, movie turned into a show. Okay, it is one of the best experiences I've had watching a TV show in a very long time, and it it kind of shook up what I thought a TV show could be. <coughs> so yeah. Blood Drive is. Probably my my top pick for well one of my picks yeah okay. top five picks for uh, TV shows of this cool. year. Cool, I, I I do I think I saw that name. It's somewhere. a silly ass show, man, but it 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 shook shit up for me. I'm like, TV shows can do oh, this. Shit. It could be like this. Cool. It's like check it out. Yeah, check it out, man. How many episodes was it? Do you know? I think it was what? like ten. Oh, okay. And then they they canceled the shit out. Of it. Did it finish the season? Yes. Or, okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. it finished the season. It's definitely worth a, worth <clears> a watch. So that's my pick, my first pick. Well, I will go with uh, my first pick. This is a f- show that, when you said, Steve, that you had, uh, you know, shows that just kind of came out of left field, mm-hmm. that you didn't know anything mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. really before you turned them on, yeah. except for maybe that, oh, this show's supposed to be good, or the trailer looked interesting, but not a lot of baggage, not a lot of stars, or or even knowing who made it or anything. Yeah, like... And um, I, I think for this year, that show for me was American Vandal. It's on my list as well. Which was cool. uh, a great comedy and a great dissection of a genre and yeah. a great show of the moment in the sense that right now we're all very fascinated by these documentaries and the podcasts that delve into a true crime scenario sure. and the long-form storytelling that examines every detail. And some people just really don't have a taste for that kind of thing, and some people obviously love it, and it's right. like catnip. And I think I'm one of the second Absolutely. Group. Doesn't mean I always love it, and I have at times started to see the seams of the format of some of these shows and the way they string along the the story and the way they keep you invested and the way they dole out details. And so I was very ready for this. Like I was, I feel like I was. Maybe you know, you were too if you're yeah. consuming a lot of these shows, and you were too, Ronald. If you have you seen American Vandal? Did you watch it? Parts of it, yeah. I'm... I mean, if you if you've consumed a lot of those true crime shows or those long form shows, you you catch all the all the just how well done the the parody is yeah and it's it's so pitch perfect and the way that an episode will end with uh and that's when we realized this fact and that's the next episode you know and it's always that 
thing that makes you go, well, I'm going to listen to that next episode. And the next episode kind of prom- fulfills the promise of what it said it would do, but it actually sends you off in another direction. That part of the show was so well done and so well written that the fact that it was like a total straight-faced riff on these things, the fact that it's not a murder, it's not an abduction or anything like that. It's somebody who spray painted a bunch but, of dicks. But most importantly, it's about who drew the dicks. Yeah, right. Who drew the dicks? I didn't draw the. I didn't do the dicks, you know. And I just think that the characters, the the sort of look at high school life that it offered, was very well observed. <clears throat> yeah. The performances, because you haven't recognized these people from a lot of things, and they're playing kind of, if you feel like you're a fly on the wall, yeah. everything about it was just so fully formed and mm. so well done. I don't know, uh, you, you said it was on your list, Steve. Maybe you can talk a it's little bit about it. It's also in my top five, yeah. I mean, oh, wow. it, it's, it is one of the ones that like, I was talking about, like I went into it hearing a little bit, but like really just knowing that it was kind of a parody of that genre. Mm-hmm. But it becomes more than just the parody. You know, it kind of embraces a lot of the things that really hook you about, you know, these true t- these cr- true time docs or the podcast like Serial and Making mm-hmm. a Murder and things like that. And it begins to take itself very seriously, you know, and I think that it balances the comedy slash parody of the genre and mm-hmm. like how it can be kind of how it can become kind of ridiculous and repetitive and like, you know, kind of um, it's so obviously is like holding things back or waiting to tell you something very important that it should have said earlier. But it's like so well paced and so well timed in terms of how this information is kind of given to you across the episodes for this series and, um, you know, it just becomes a, a highly engaging and highly entertaining. And like John said, like the way that the episodes end is just like the way episodes ended on Serial where you're like, on the next episode, you know, you hear something, you're <laughs> yeah. like, fuck, I gotta, yeah. why do I have to wait a week? Yeah. And with this, the kind of consumption of this kind of series, like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, roll, 15 seconds, <laughs> skip the hold. Like, does this go? <laughs> and I found, I, I consumed this series in one sitting. Like, I mm-hmm. couldn't stop watching it. All the performances were great. Um, I'm glad that it's being picked up for a second season, and I can't wait to see what that story is like. I, I don't think they're going to pick up this story. Yeah, I it's hope gonna, they don't. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a different story. I think the filmmakers had said, but um, it it just allows you to embrace how much you really do love and respond to th- those kinds of true crime docs and like whatever that we we had done podcasts about, you yeah. know. Um, those storytelling techniques, yeah, yeah, and like you know the fact that it's like a it's a student that has. You know, uh, he's doing this for like a, a part of the show that they mm-hmm. have at the, the TV show at the high school. And it's the way it fits so well into the high school culture yeah. and becomes so relevant and becomes relevant by getting on to something like YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. things like in the story, YouTube becomes a, 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 a character. Almost. Like an audience reaction yeah. to the story, which is often <clears throat> the case yeah. when you're listening to one of those podcasts or watching one of those documentaries that's strung out. They will at some times, not usually with a Netflix show, but definitely yeah. with a podcast, by the time they get to the end, there will be a little bit of audience reaction that has factored into yep. the, the the piece itself. So yeah, they, the fact that they even address that is that just goes to show you how that meta-commentary is so dead on all yeah. the way through to the end. I'm a little worried about um, a second season in the sense of just messing with perfection sort of in a way, but I do think moving it to a different venue and newer characters and a different sort of story, different yeah. mystery, can make it a totally different show. Uh, I, I don't want them to delve into some of the ambiguity at the end of this season that I think was kind of cool that they ended it where you have a pretty good idea of what happened, but you're still not totally sure, the same way you yeah. are with many of the, the shows so John, that it was who drew on. the dicks? <laughs> I, I thought so the there's case no against, answer? Um, uh, what was her name? The like president, 
or like the spirit girl. Yeah, what was her name? Krista Carlisle? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. I, th- I thought that was a pretty convincing story. Yeah. And I liked the way that the character, I'm spacing on his name too, but the guy who was, the guy who had to be lying, <coughs> Alex Tromboli. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Callum Worthy, who played. Yeah, him. I recognize him from some stuff. But he was really great at playing a certain sort of self-satisfied kind of outsider who you kind of want to like. But in this show, you you realize yeah. that this is not the show where that guy is the hero. But oftentimes, that nerdy outsider is the character you're following. Yeah. But you realize how this guy is just as just as capable of doing like rotten things in in the name of like upping his social cachet as anybody that might be seen as a popular kid so yeah all that stuff was very well observed but at no point did it really dip over too much into caricature and i think that that was the thing that that made it really special was that when it did get a little bit more into as you said the high school life it became kind of poignant like there's some real poignancy and some of the stuff that's dylan maxwell the accused in this the real focus of the show and if you want to say jimmy tatro is sort of the 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 discovery. Yeah. I mean, that guy just. I've seen him in something before, maybe. I have no. Yeah, I I didn't. But he looks familiar. But I couldn't place him in anything. But he just is Dylan Maxwell, and like even in the show, they have footage of him that clearly was footage of Jimmy Tatro when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. feels like it's Dylan Maxwell. Still a guy. Yeah. So it, either he's always been able to kind of play this outsized character, or they somehow he's a an actor who's self aware enough to be <clears> that guy and also depict that guy because you know just being yourself on camera is a lot harder than. Than, than people think it is. So I don't think that that guy's being himself. I think that's a character, but who knows? And, yeah. and that adds to the, the mystique of the thing, you know? So yeah, very interesting, very well done. What do we know about uh, the guys who created it? Dan Peralt, Dan Lagana, and uh, Tony Yacinda. I don't know think? much about them, no. I did listen, they were on a podcast I listened to, but they were, I don't remember much about like what else they've done. Uh, yeah, I don't know, off the top of my head. Yeah, so Netflix, on the last... Uh, TV schmoovy or the last time when we did our best episodes or the best TV shows of the year um, one of the things we were talking about was this was the year that Netflix had announced they were putting out I forget how many hours of original entertainment and we are at the end of that year now and boy did they you know oh my god this this could have gotten lost if you you could have named just your top five Netflix shows of the year and it would be a pretty interesting list but this one really this one really stood out to me as one that because of the surprise factor you mentioned Steve it really just kind of felt like a gift and they're doing that thing where like they're just taking UK shows and saying it's original mm-hmm. Netflix specials as original Netflix shows, which is nuts. So that right. like doubles their catalog. So it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Well, that was one of yours. Steve. Yeah. So it skips back to you now. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna say this. All right. So one of the ones that I kind of thought it would be bad because they had a guest appearance from a certain someone who is known in 30 Rock. Um, I'm going to say great news. Um, great news continues to be one of the funnier shows that I've seen in a really long time. Uh, Brigga Helen and uh, Andrea Martin. Yeah. <sighs> I've heard great things about it. I've it's so fucking funny, man. Like, and when you first see it, it feels like 30 Rock. Like it has like a, some of the same yes. sounds. They yeah. do some stuff that's similar. Yeah. But it has a different tone, very okay. different tone. It's like uh, 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 somebody that works for a news uh, show whose mom starts to intern. She's right, she's like right. in her fifties. Yeah, it's super funny, man. 
really, really, really Yeah, I need funny. to check. It's, it's been on my list. It's so good. For so long, and yeah. I've completely not been able to watch it. Yeah, I thought whatever. that Tina Fey appearing would be hard. Yeah. Because she kind of, like, made it weird, and I think they kind of realized mm -hmm. she's, she can't stay on the show. So she left really quickly, and the show kind of regained its feet. And Nicole Richie is in it and really funny. And Wow. Horatio Sands is on it, Horatio right? Sands. Um, and his, what was that guy's name? It's like an older guy. Uh, John Michael Higgins. Okay. So funny, man. Yeah, he's great. So funny. So it's a, it's a solid show. Um, definitely worth seeing. Um, and it kind of subtly referenced like, current events in a way that doesn't feel very on the head all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's a really cool show. So Awesome. That would be my suggestion. Great news. See it. See it. See it. All righty. Well, I'm actually going to um, not too much of a pivot. I'm just going to go from a satire of a true crime documentary that was on Netflix and mention a true crime documentary that was on Netflix, which would be <laughs> The Keepers, <laughs> uh, which was a it's a seven episode documentary. And I'm trying to see if I can, can I pull the people that made it. Um, it was directed by Ryan White and in many ways, it was the show or the mystery that we've heard before. I mean, it was mm. a you know a, a tragic murder of a of a young woman, and then the kind of storm that is caused by that, and then the the all the finger pointing and questions about what really happened. This had a certain extra factor because it was in the past, and it had that kind of cold case. There have been decades that have passed yeah. by, and there have a lot of other crimes and and and. Uh, rumors and scandals that have been associated with this, which is this, right. essentially the fact that it was a murder of a nun who was teaching at a Catholic school, and that of you know the the archdiocese, how it covered it up, which at the time I guess would have been something that wasn't what people were expecting, you right, know. And right. now we know that story. We've right. heard that. We've heard it not just rumored but verified that mm. that this does happen. That sometimes when priests are accused of really nasty things they're just right. sort of moved around and there's a little bit of that in this story so the story has a lot of kind of current events to kind of relate to it it also has a local flavor because it actually took place near where we are recording this Absolutely. here in baltimore really close and um you know it's got that feel the personalities that you come to know that their accents the parts of town that they're coming from i mean all the references that doesn't always make something good but that was they captured something about this this mm -hmm. area and the people in it. And also the fact that this was a show that really delved into not just the victim, Sister Kathy Sesnick, but other people that were affected by, I mean, I don't want to spoil the, the thing for people, but the women that were chewed up by the same system that perhaps if it didn't, if the system wasn't directly responsible for Mary Sesnick's death, at least... Um, uh, the cover-up that happened after her death, you can definitely see how the yeah. you know yeah. the Catholic Church was responsible for that. <clears throat> but there's a lot of the familiar stories you know in here about what these what these priests might have been up to um, with some of the students and a lot of those characters, people that knew the teacher that were taught by Mary um, and that have grown up in the shadow of what happened to her and have been affected by her. It was so compelling, and I thought the show did such a great job of dealing with those stories. Not just of the women that were affected by it, but the women who are kind of the driving force of the the whole documentary, the, the women yeah. that are, um, you know, investigating that, mm. again, out of their love for this woman who yeah. taught them so many years ago and who was so young as a teacher. She was very close to their ages. She was very relevant to them. She inspired them. Uh, it feels like there's this act of 
I mean, I hate to call it revenge, but this act of like honoring her and and trying to to balance the scales of this awful act, and the way it spirals out and and just the compassion that it's handled with made it a, a really noteworthy entry in the genre. And yeah. I found it really stuck with me. Mm. And I talked to several people who <clears throat> felt the same way that they, after seeing this, you felt like, are there doors? I'm I'm in this town. I can go knock on doors. Can I go shake people's lapels or something and find right, out right. like what's the deal with this cover up? And I haven't heard any news about it actually since the documentary ran is it another documentary that's getting a second season or that there's talk of it or is it a one and done i don't know actually i feel like the filmmaker i know when he was being interviewed a lot when it came out there was definitely talking about a second season but i I feel like it also took him a long time to make Mm -hmm. so i think he also said he didn't know like how soon that would be right Mm -hmm. but yeah that's on my that's on my honorable mention list it was a great great season um just real quick i want to just uh since I didn't really, well, no, no, I'll do it for later. I'll save it for later. <laughs> I, was trying, I, was trying to, I was trying to walk her a situation mm-hmm. okay. and throw a show in there after American Vandal. Since I, <laughs> yeah, but okay, I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'll save it for honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, my next pick is a pretty uh, no brainer for me. One of the two no brainers on my list for me, which is uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's 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 what event television is in twenty seventeen slash nineteen for season yeah. eight. Um, it's crazy that we'll have to go a full year before we see more, but I can see why they're not rushing it. Um, it's pretty smart for HBO not to rush out the last season of their biggest show, one of the biggest shows of all time. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, just season seven of Game of Thrones has, uh, for whatever criticism it's gotten for, you know, we talked about some of the episodes on this podcast, you know, things that weren't, that were kind of a little lazy or, you know, a little not that great. For all that being considered, I mean... There hasn't been a show where I've looked forward to the night it comes on that much in a long time. Yeah. Like, since... I, I honestly don't even know. Like, I it, I kind of feel the way about this. Like, I used to feel about, like, the X-Files coming on. Like, mm-hmm. when I was a younger teenager. But, like, literally, like, Sunday night, like, we would FaceTime with Lauren and Brian and watch Game of Thrones with our best friends. Like, because we are, like, hardcore into this show. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just that show now. Like, shows that have, that have been at that level have kind of faltered recently, um, like The Walking Dead and, and things like that. But, um, I don't know. It's just, like, the it's just the, the, the juggernaut of TV right now. And I, I, I find that it's very well-deserved. The storytelling is cinematic, and it's, it's movie-level to the point of being, uh, exceeding a lot of movies that are out, you know, in terms of production value and even just how much people care about the characters and the story that's being told. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just that show that is just like the epicness of what is available mm-hmm. on television. Yeah. And, you know, and it's crazy that there's only really, you know, a handful of episodes left, but for what it is from season one to this point, I think it's maintained um, some pretty impressive seasons and, you know, like I said, people can criticize whatever issues you had with season seven. Shit happened, and it was huge, and it was epic, and people... It, it's like the people were talking about this show in real life, too. You know, there's not many shows that come about where, like, you hear yeah. people at your work still talking about it as you walk around the hallways. It reminds me of blockbuster filmmaking, even in the sense that sometimes... And I think we talked about this when we were doing our coverage of this season, is that sometimes you like a scene or a moment 
but you don't really like the way they got you to that moment. Right. But you're glad the once the moment happens, it's like a cool scene, and so you're like, cool. It reminds you know a lot of tentpole yeah. movies have yeah. that issue of like, totally. here's a set piece, here's a great scene, here's a great bit of dialogue, here's a moment that's pivotal. And in between, you go, well, did that really work? Did right. you really have to do all that right. to get me there? Right. So it is very much like a movie, and you kind of view it differently than you view the sort of. Uh, I don't know, the quality control on that show is different because it's it going for a different scale of entertainment sure. yeah. than the quality control on a show that's like a, a detailed character study or, no, totally. or something like that. So I do think it's it's unique on television right now. And it's mm. one of the shows that if I don't watch it when it airs, I watch it as soon as I can, but yeah. primarily because I don't want people to yeah, yeah, say yeah. one word that's going to ruin some big event for me. Yeah, it's the only show that you have to watch as it airs, or yeah. you will fucking miss out. Because right. people think it, they're being clever with their non-spoiler spoilers, yes. but they're not. I right. will, it, look, if man. you know where a story's going and someone says something like, oh, Sansa, you're like, oh, yeah. shit, I Fuck know what, what happened. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I And I live with a person like you guys that studies that shit. Yeah. She watches all the side things, yeah. the, the animated thing that HBO aired. Yeah. She's watched <laughs> yeah. several times. Yeah, She talks to me about it. I got her a, a cutting board that says dinner is coming. Yeah. Like fun. it's you know, I I'm I'm coming in this a little later, but yeah, I feel the same way. But you know, I didn't include this on the list only because it feels like such a staple mm-hmm. of our American culture. It doesn't even feel like a regular it's, show. It, it's hard it's like not regular. It's hard because a lot of the other shows I picked for my list and even on my honorable mention list are shows yeah. that aren't at all. Yeah. You know, but I can't in good faith like <laughs> right. say that arguably yeah. one of my favorite shows of all time. It's incredible. That's still running strong, in my opinion. Yeah. It's got to be on my list. Yeah. Like, I I don't like literally that run of episodes this season. Like week over week, it was like, it's six days until the next episode. Mm-hmm. It's five yeah. days. Like so good. And, like we're like, and you know, you're just getting pumped for it, and that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And so you know, I, I can't not. I can't not pick it. It's the it's, fact it's, that it's, like, it's that show for me. We have conversations about the fidelity of kids, and yeah. that that is crazy. We're arguing about soap opera esque things mm-hmm. that are handled in a way that I've just never seen right. it handled before. So yeah, I agree. That's you a, can have issues with it. You can nitpick yeah. it. You you can take it apart while it's taking shape in front of you, and still like like you were saying, Steve. Just when it's on, you everything stops. You're yeah. like, what yeah. what are they going to do? And it, I think that having that kind of all eyes on this kind of feeling it gives the show a weird swagger that when they put out a trailer or whatever yeah. it gets you kind of pumped i remember it used to be that way with um the sopranos yeah. like they would put out a trailer for the new season of the sopranos and every little two-second clip that you saw would be like "Ooh, baby what's <laughs> happening and oftentimes the show was going in a much more morose yeah. mundane direction yeah. but but it it's like it's just got this there's this the big dog, you know, Absolutely. at the dog That's park it. kind of feeling. Is That's that a it. saying? Do people say it's the big dog at the I dog park? I think they still say that. The big do- I'm not sure what dog park, but we should start one. People talk about the big dog. I'm telling you, he's at the dog park. <laughs> yeah. And there are smaller dogs around. Anyway. So yeah. cool. So Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, hello. So mine is a CNN-esque mini-series that might be extended into something else. It's called the Donald Trump presidency. <laughs> it's, I'm hoping uh, they don't get that fifth season pickup. <laughs> So they're airing it. It's on Hulu and available right now. Uh, the history of comedy. Mm, oh, I've heard of this. It's yeah. fucking amazing. It's handled in a way that's gentle. It's it's inclusive. Um, it 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 plays my two favorite things. Right? Pays homage to a lot of women 
contributions to comedy that just aren't considered in other things that you watch. And sometimes you can watch comedy and you just skip over people. Sure. And this is considerate in that way. Is it a miniseries? Like it's eight, but I hear they're gonna. I, I keep hearing they're gonna extend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but eight episodes right now. The four are very accessible. I don't know where the other four are, but it is gold. It's handled in such a beautiful way. The way that they kind of gracefully go from decade to decade and explain what things represented back then versus now and blackface and yeah. all that stuff yeah. is like handled in a very interesting way and it shows how the evolution of comedy has kind of led to whatever's happened now it's sure. kind of like something's happening now where it's something something is palatable about whatever's happening to comedy and inclusion mm-hmm. and and feels very for sure yeah something's changing and and this documentary kind of includes some history about why it feels so interesting now. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a really good documentary. It's available on Hulu. CNN, I think, aired it first. Yeah, I, I remember seeing episodes on, on... I mean, I didn't watch Incredible. them all, but I saw a couple of them. It's really good. And they have, like, a bunch of uh, people in the industry, all the Seinfelds and yeah. stuff like that, like, people that uh, can attest to why it's, it feels the way that it feels. So nice history cool. of comedy. All right, well, I'm going to move on to a comedy. A show that we've actually talked about on this show a few times, and mm-hmm. last time I, it made it into my honorable mentions, but I just feel like I don't think people are watching this show. I don't think people are giving this show a chance, and it is now in its fourth season and continues to surprise me and drop an episode that, like, every time I think, oh, okay, I think I know what this show is, they'll do something wild, mm. and that's Last Man on Earth, mm. which just just had a new episode in the new year. So it's not part of my decision because it didn't air last year, but a new episode this year that, that points out why just all the, the chances this show will take, the way they'll introduce a character, how dark the show will get in a mm-hmm. moment that is smashed up against some slapstick or some sitcom uh, moment that is very rooted in this ensemble of characters that have become sort of an ad hoc family sitcom. Right. And it's just gotten to that point where the returning faces that you know, mm-hmm. like Mary Steenburgen and Will Forte and Kristen Schaal to some extent, that they this is such a perfect usage of them. And then the people like Mel Rodriguez, who plays Todd on the show, and um, uh, Cleopatra uh, Coleman, I believe is her name. Yes. Uh, who plays Erica. And then even someone like January Jones, who has never been a very, never been given credit, let's say, for being a very multifaceted actor and has not maybe disproven that <laughs> that impression, but has, uh, you know, they found a way to use her, even her energy that just fits into this ensemble. And it just, yeah. every time I think I've seen it all before, there's a visual gag that makes me nearly fall out of my chair. Um, there was a moment with makeup on babies this season that was just so hilarious. Uh, Will Forte has continued his, from SNL, his sort of gag of being a horrible singer-songwriter who plays songs. But on Last Man, he's always he'll take out his guitar and he'll tune it up, and then he'll just use it as percussion, just hit it. And he keeps singing this song that has this refrain of closure, 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 closure. Um, it's just so dumb. And every time, again, it just continually surprises me, as comedy should, with yeah. with a moment. Hey, they'll kill people. They've had characters come in and die. They've had grimness. They've The, the story of these people, these remaining people, is based on a, a horrible disease that makes people cough blood. And so they've gotten into the ugliness of how people die, right, right, right. as well as the mystery of what's really happening. 
it's set vaguely in the future, and so every now and then you'll get little nods. There is a little bit of a mythology behind it, but it seems like episode to episode, what they're really concerned with is giving you that almost like a traditional sitcom plot line. A character lies about something, they have to carry on a ruse, then they ha then eventually they're found out in the most humiliating way possible. Uh, and there's warmth, you know, that's the other thing. And actually Mark Mothersbaugh, who does the music from Devo, who does a lot of music for Wes Anderson, yeah. mm. the music is a huge part of the show too. I wanna give credit to the score. I wanna give credit to the casting of Kristen Wiig in a, in a really funny role where they, they give these new characters when they bring them in that sometimes they'll just give them an episode that catches you up to what that character has been doing all this time in the apocalypse. This could almost be an anthology show that just puts brilliant comedians in a little 30 minute Twilight Zone-esque story about what does this person do at the end of the world. Right. Um, whenever they bring in a new character, it's some great sketch actor that is just given some new things to do. They've had Chris Elliott on the show. Fred Armisen is on the new episode. Um, I, I just... I just, I mean, I kind of hope it ends because I want it to end as this thing that never got, never lost control of itself. Mm -hmm. But I also love the idea that it could quietly just keep chugging along and bringing in all these funny people and give them a chance to do something really, really different. So, oh, cool. Last Man on Earth. Last Man on Earth. On Forks. Cool. Fucking love that show. Yeah. It's Did you so see the good. new one yes. with Fred Armisen? It's so good. The reveal? Up. Yes. That when he opens the fridge, it's just like, oh, now I get it. Like, yeah. now I see how this character's going to yep. shake things up and. Yep. Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't mean mentioning Will Forte. Just like I die watching him. Yeah, I think he is so He's funny, so funny well, on that show, especially mm -hmm. just in general too. But just how like his his desperation in situations, it just I just I just die. Like mm -hmm. I can't I can't take him. He's so funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I love that show. It's mm -hmm. and I think this season's been great. Um, I guess my next pick. Uh, let me see here. Which one will I go with? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with a film or a series that that wrapped up its 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 run in its third season. It never found an audience, even being on a network called Audience. Um, it's a series called Kingdom. Um, I remember hearing about that. Frank Grillo. I've never. Jonathan Tucker, Nick Jonas. Right. Um, it's basically if you've seen the film Warrior. Which I know I think you really like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Nick Jonas is on there. Yeah, I gotta um, watch this. Though. A phenomenal show really? that no one has seen, that has gotten zero love in terms of Globes or Emmys, Damn. anything like that, and it blows my mind. Probably subject matter, I guess. The MMA fighting world. It's basically about this family of fighters. You know, Frank Grillo plays the patriarch of the family. He's a former I've champion. I've mentioned it before on some some episodes. Yeah, yeah. But like he's he's a former champion who now owns uh, like a training gym. Um, his sons, played by Nick Jonas and Jonathan Tucker, are um, fighters as well. Nick Jonas is kind of like the the golden child who who hmm. should be the, the fighter. You know, he's kind of the younger one who follows in his father's footsteps. Jonathan Tucker is kind of like the fuck up son who is also a great fighter but can't get his life together. Um, family drama, um, amazing fighting sequences, just character development that I don't see on very many shows. And Jonathan Tucker as Jay Kalina, the character, like, I, I don't know that I've loved the performance as much as I've loved him on this show. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I've thought about this a lot for this episode, but what he's done with that character over three seasons, roughly 35 to 40 episodes is, is phenomenal to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm moved by his character. I have cried his character. I've laughed. 
every emotion I've felt for that character. Wow. And the arc that that character's been given is is phenomenal, and it's great. He's amazing on the show. Everybody's really good, but he is amazing. And uh, the show wrapped up really well, and um, I don't know. It's like the show on my list that no one ever knows when I say the show name. My one friend has watched it with me, yet he hasn't finished it. He kind of fell off the wagon mm-hmm. in terms of watching it because it is hard to find. I don't know who the fuck watches audience. You know, I think right. it was like a, I don't know if it was like a direct TV thing or <laughs> I don't even know, but it's called audience. Right, right. Um, thankfully the internet has helped me find the episodes. Okay. But, um, if anybody, you know, if you like the film warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton that came out like maybe five years ago, six years ago, you will love this show. If you like family drama, you will probably love this show. Um, it's a little macho, a little masculine, mm-hmm. but it, it's aware of that and it dials into that in a lot of the, in, in a lot of ways over the course of the seasons with some of their relationships with some of the female characters in the in the show and uh, it gets really heavy and dark which mm. I loved right, right. Um, it doesn't kind of like shy away from substance abuse in, in that world and just like family issues and violence and things like that and uh, kingdom kingdom it is phenomenal. I know I've used that word four times right, in this right, description, right. but that's everything that comes to my mind. Like it's it's I cannot believe that people don't know about this show. And specifically, I don't know, Jonathan Tucker like completely blew me away. Like I've always liked him. Right. You know, I've liked him in a lot of different films he's been in. I loved him on, on Hannibal when he had his moment on Hannibal. Um But man, Jay Kalina is one of my favorite characters I've seen on TV in God knows how long. Wow. And he, I would love it if you guys could find it and watch it oh, and yeah. let me know what you think of that show because it it's great. And uh, I put it on my list because I hope people maybe, if this sounds interested, interesting to anybody listening, find yeah. it or, or get in touch with me and I'll help you find <laughs> it. Because I've tried to bang the drum for this show as much as possible, like on my Facebook or whatever I can say about it. When I finished watching season three, I remember posting something on Facebook and like literally people were like, what is this show? Like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's why I need to put it on my list, and maybe somebody listening to this will say, oh, fuck, maybe I need to watch this show. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. Kingdom. Maybe Netflix will pick it up. I don't know, man. Audience I, I, is... I've never even I, heard I don't, of this I don't show. think there's anything else going for this. I think I've I've watched a couple interviews with the, with the creator of the show, and uh, I don't think that they're doing any more with the series. Because right. mm-hmm. it did end incredibly... Incredibly well. Oh, yeah. cool! So they 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 did they did put a nice end on it, and and it feels like it it feels good that it's it's over. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. Like it's yeah, Kingdom is incredible. Gotcha. So Ronald. So um, four. I had I had only two. seen this lady as a drug addict in an episode of Mr. Robot. Come to find out, she made a short that turned into a TV show on Showtime that I fucking love. That show is Smilf. That actor is Frankie Shaw. The show is fucking incredible. Love it. It's on my honor roll. So good. It's so good. So um, Frankie Shaw is a single mother in Boston. Um, she has a kid named Larry Bird because she loves basketball so much. <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell is acting her ass off in this. She has manic depression. She's kind of battling... Being older and, you know, having a boyfriend who has some physical disabilities. But it's about primarily about Frankie Shaw trying to be 
a good mother while kind of navigating through the world as a poor person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is so goddamn good, man. It's nice because like uh it's written by a woman. So you get to see a perspective about just living in the world, this f- this freedom that I've seen exercised in another show that's going to be my second show, okay. my last show. Um that is just so good and I think two two things I've kind of taken from it. I need to see more shows written by women, directed by women. And uh, I need to see more stuff with people I, I just had never heard of before. You know what I mean? Like, the cast is fairly uh, unknown people. Definitely. Uh, with the exception of uh, Rosie O'Donnell. I think that's the draw, Frankie and, mm-hmm. and, and Rosie. But this show, it, it can go in and out of comedy and drama in a way that I just haven't seen before. It's I have to check it out. Super funny. And, and you and you can't help but like you you cheer for her character. <laughs> yeah. you, you want to cheer for her character while still saying, "Why are you doing Why that?" Why you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it, it's she she's she's so good in it and uh yeah. Yeah, it's it's, so it's, good. it's a great show. Larry is Larry her kid is such a funny little guy. Mm-hmm. It's it, it also adds to it. It's, yeah. If I, if I I remember isn't Larry played by twin girls? Yeah, twin That's girls. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Adorable. <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. They do that with little kids a lot, right? Yeah. Twins, because that way they yeah, can... Yeah. There's there's rules about how how much you can work a kid, And basically. Connie Britton's in it. Yeah. I love her in so it. So fucking Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's Seems good. like she's in a lot. Like she's, she's in a she's very... like in a lot very of many, shows. Very many shows. Yeah, that's awesome. Very many. Sneaks in the stuff. Nashville, yeah. Smilf, 911. Yeah. Nine one one. Can we talk about nine one one for a second? I prefer not to. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it looks horrible. And this is the best of show. So I'm, I, I want to tell you about one of the plots so bad. Go, yeah, okay. Oh, well, Watch it. Please. Tell, tell us the plot real quick. So there's a sound of a baby somewhere. Oh, yeah. They find out that a baby's in a pipe. pipe. Yeah. That had just been born. Just plopped into a pipe, and they have to get this baby out of the pipe before it dies it yeah. is so fucking crazy and it's just full of stuff like that not a bad show you know how else i love when uh smilf who who i think is having like a year i've never heard of her before in my life samara weaving Samara Weaving. she plays um his new girlfriend yes she's hilarious yeah she's really good yeah <clears throat> good show well my next pick is a show that um isn't a new show, but it's kind of a show that renews itself every season with a whole new set of characters and a vaguely new plot line. And that would be Fargo, season three, which for me this year, I noticed it did not get anywhere near, like a lot of people it seemed like, liked the first season and they thought the second season was great and then fell off in the third season. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wanted to include it here as a as a sort of nod to this particular season of what they were able to do, how they were able to kind of comment on our moment where they somehow made a story where the the focal point at the end is really about the truth. Mm-hmm. And if there are two truths and one person says, well, this is the truth, and the other person says, well, no, this is the truth. And we've now in our moment i guess I, I i'll keep using that word but i just as a culture right now we're very attuned to that idea that you can have two competing truths you know and of course one of them is true mm-hmm. and the other one is 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 bullshit but the people that believe the bullshit believe it just as devoutly as the people that believe the truth and the people that are looking for the truth 
are matched in their intensity by the people that are sort of looking to retreat to yeah. the lie that suits them best. Right. And the season ends actually with a moment that really brings that to a head. But you see it building throughout the story. There's a there's a virtuous cop played by Carrie Coon, uh, Gloria Burgle, who is uh, almost like too good for this world. She reminds me of an, of of the Frances McDormand character yeah. and the um, uh, the actress who played uh, the lead in the first season. What was her name? Alison Tolman. Um, both like just earnest, hardworking, good cops. And even in the in the second season, we had Patrick Wilson representing that. And I think that's an interesting thing that in the Fargo television show universe, which is sort of cast in that Cohen world where everybody's so morally ambiguous or just loathsome, mm-hmm. that there is this notion of a good cop, which to me is such an old fashioned notion. Yeah. But it, it, you don't feel like they're selling it as oh, aren't cops heroic, aren't cops great? You feel like they're working against the tide of this bureaucracy or the, right, the, right, the right. you know. And in fact, in this season, uh, Gloria is up against a really weird set of situ- uh, circumstances because she's she's been the sheriff, but she's sort of losing that because her police department is being absorbed by a larger city's police department. But mm. as it is, they're operating out of the library. It's just, it's such a little quirky situation, but the story they choose to tell is all about all these missed opportunities and false leads and and little cul-de-sacs that kind of double back and it's in in the tradition of the Cohen brothers which they do a lot of shaggy dog stories and then the other seasons of this show have really flirted with that idea mm-hmm. of kind of like anti-climax of like getting you set for a certain resolution and then throwing you in a different direction you know characters that seem like they might be heroes getting killed at an unexpected moment in the story and characters that seemed minor turning out to be more major this season has all of that including some really great performances from Ewan McGregor uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is fantastic and very memorable as Nikki Swango. Mm. Um, and David Thewlis, who is doing something so specific and bizarre and gross and detestable, and he like physically embodies how nasty he is on the inside. And mm. throughout the season, he's just doing things that are gross, like picking his teeth with a metal pen of some sort. Yeah. And, and you get to see, and he's he's a bulimic, Bulimic. which I'm not saying that that's a character flaw that makes someone villainous, but as far as this guy's (laughs) character, he's a binge and purge guy. You see him like wolfing down, uh, you know, these delicious treats and stuff and then going and throwing up. And it represents just a chink in the armor of this character. Like it's an imperfection in his facade. And he's all about the facade. And you sort of believe at the end that maybe he will be victorious because he controls the facade and he knows all about how to control that. And then you think, well, wait, maybe the virtuous cop is going to be victorious because she knows the truth and she's got this guy dead to rights. It's right, it's right. it's a cool story. I wouldn't want to spoil any of the twists and turns, um, but characters you like will die and characters you hate will will uh, possibly escape. Hmm. But it's a, it's a great season of television, and I'm glad that Fargo takes this approach of cook up a story that's unique, bring in, th- at this point, any actor, it seems yeah. like, will come play with them. Um, and, uh, and then... You know, don't necessarily promise a fourth season until you know you've got a story for it. I think they just recently announced that Noah Hawley has an idea. For oh, really? Fourth season. Oh, cool. So I don't know if they're going to make it this year and have it out next year. Right. But Fargo skipped a year uh, before this season. So if it's that show that just comes out when it's ready, I'm fine with that. If it's mm. always as good as it is, it has made me think differently about the Coen Brothers movies in terms of how the show reacts to the movies and mm. pulls ideas from it, but also the way the show makes itself distinct from something the Coen brothers would do. Yeah. Because as as frustrating as the show can be on purpose, it still doesn't have... I think that it still, in a weird way, has like more of a, a beating heart in it than the last few Coen brothers movies. I don't know. Inside Lewin Davis was a very... Uh, 
a compassionate portrayal. But occasionally the Coen brothers can become so in that dark comedy vein that you don't, there's nothing to really grab onto morally in one of their stories. But Fargo the show has always given you a moral protagonist or two to yeah. root for. So it's, it's in a way, it's different from the Coen brothers even as it just pays tribute to them. So yes, Fargo. Fargo. My next pick is uh, another Netflix series that is the other no-brainer on my list, mm -hmm. uh, and that's Stranger Things. Um, had to be. I don't know. Yeah, it just had to be. Like, uh, just kind of like a Game of Thrones conversation. It's 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 um it's a show. It's probably one of the most popular Netflix shows in terms of the ones that reach out and have a life outside of a digital platform or a streaming platform. <clears throat> it's um. I don't know, man. Like I, we've talked about it too much at this point, probably on this podcast. So I'm not going to run on too much about it, but I just think they did a great job in building this world out a little more in second season and making me like the characters even more. Mm -hmm. um, I think they've managed to kind of open the story up a bit and uh, just kind of just take the entire thing uh, next level. Um, yeah, I don't know. So. Like I've said about Stranger Things in the past, like it's just like a perfect balance of everything that I've grown up loving mm -hmm. about storytelling and about genre filmmaking and things of that nature. And I just feel like they've found like a really great balance to just, you know, it, it, it's the, it's for me, it's the Netflix equivalent of what they have to offer that competes with HBO. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it's the show for me on Netflix that it's like, oh, it's out. Like we're staying in Friday night and we're watching this entire thing this weekend or mm -hmm. this night if we can. And that's what it, that, you know, that's what that show is to me and to you know my wife too. Like we watched the entire thing over the course of that weekend. I just absolutely adore that show. It feels like an event. It really does. Yeah. It and really and does. you know, we talked about the first season at length. I don't yeah. think we've said anything about season two on we, this show. We haven't. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah. have any thoughts about it, Ronald, or any any. Okay. Uh, just as a precursor, uh, Stranger Things is the first show I watched in 4K. Um, so I was like, man, this won't make a difference between. Yeah. This is another show that I put in another category, like Game of Thrones, like a part of culture. Like yeah. it's like it's done in a way, consider it in a way that I just haven't seen before. The characters are fuck. It doesn't feel like a TV show. It feels like I'm watching a movie every time I'm watching it. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It is a gorgeous fucking show. That really lets every character breathe in a way that especially I, in this season. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, and that would be my big so takeaway from it was that it really benefited from the first season that so many people were saying, oh, this story is good, but it didn't compare to the first season. But I kind of feel like nah, that's that not true. it was better because it didn't have to do all the heavy lifting the first season did. Yeah. The first season did a really cool job of like just setting up this world and this tone. It touched on some stuff in the last season that could have been gimmicky and weird because it, it <clears throat> played like some of the stuff in the first season and it didn't. I was super surprised. I was like, all right, so the mom's going to do something similar to the first season. But this shit... Well, they did do some it's like like it's the, the, the thing they did cool. that was like a re, tried to be a repeat of yeah. definitely. Maybe we don't want to get too yeah, in depth. Yeah, but you can easily nitpick some of the sort of storytelling devices, but it's back to that what we were saying about Game of Thrones that the moments when they arrive are so oh, satisfying yeah. that you go, okay, all that business with the 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 drawing of the tunnels and how, how they knew how to put that those drawings together is just mm -hmm. okay. It's nuts. That's storytelling magic. Just get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What you get is Bob 
coming in and having yes. his moment where he's like decoding it and what you get is the sense of Bob. of Steve emerging as this sort of like stealth Dude, hero Steve and show. Dustin their whole their whole yeah. run together yeah. Phen- oh the great my character word. pairing phenomenal do you remember those old Warner Brothers cartoons <laughs> where occasionally they would like Sylvester's with Tweety uh, you know but occasionally they would throw in one with like Porky yeah. is staying in a haunted hotel and Sylvester is his cat <laughs> sure sure and they're there to, and so it's like Sylvester and, and Porky are teamed up in this one you don't normally get that I feel like Dustin and Steve it's kind of like that I yeah. feel like this season gave us a lot of cool pairings yeah. and the other favorite pairing I would say would be um, uh, Hopper and Eleven uh, picking up with them as sort of a, this a family that yeah. is sort of trying to form and, and the, the big takeaway for me was like the dynamics of the friend group you could feel like things changing like as it does mm-hmm. in school and as you get older you feel things changing amongst you who's that guy in the group or who's yeah. you know what mm-hmm. who fills what role so it was really cool to see more stuff with like Lucas in this season and maybe not as much with Mike you yeah. know and and not in a negative way but I'm saying like characters were able to kind of step into different lights yeah. Yeah. and uh you know be confused about why they were feeling certain ways about who was doing what and who was hanging out with whom right. like that happens, and like I remember, you know, like that kind of thing. Those relationships aren't just trapped in amber for yes, the whole team yes, experience. It's yes. like those evolve. It's yeah. cool to see that happening on on the show, and it's not just like a kind of. It doesn't feel so cookie cutter, where they're kind of fitting into being an archetype character. It's like, oh wow, like Lucas was really important in this season. Like he had a lot more to do, and like you saw him kind of like his stuff with Max was fun, and like mm-hmm. you know the 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 him and Dustin kind of vying for her stuff was. Yeah. Fun and like seeing Dustin kind of bow out at a moment, you know, and with me, the Steve stuff in a really like, funny way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was. It, it, I just, I, I, I fucking love Stranger Things. Like one show, of my man. favorite shows. Period. I yeah. love the way the season ended too, with regards to what you were just talking yeah. about. This real bittersweet man taste of like, oh man, those boys don't know what's about to hit them. You know, yep. those kids just don't mm. know how complicated it's. Enjoy about to that get. fucking dance. Yeah, yeah. you know. Enjoy oh. that moment. And how everyone had a dance, but it was a different sort of dance. Like, yeah. everyone had a different kind of level of, like, they're what, dancing what with someone. What it was saying, yeah, about What them. it says about them, right. Yeah, and I absolutely. thought that was really interesting um, uh, to make you realize, oh, man, if, if they jump forward a year in the next season, then who knows where any of these relationships are going to be. Where those friendships are going to be. Absolutely. Know? So you yeah, love it, love it. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. What's your last pick? All right, Ronald, Ronald last one. Last pick, man. HBO's Insecure. Okay. Um, I chose it for a couple reasons. It's just a relationship show mm-hmm. that's done in a way that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. like it's it's you know it's so funny. I mean, it's, it's just so fast shit, and funny, man. and yeah, she's yeah. so natural. I mean, I don't know. It's such a yeah, such an easy show to watch. And quirky quirkiness and awkwardness handled in a way that's just a little more like. I don't know. Feels a little more real. It just I've yet to watch filter. it. Oh man, I need to. Oh man, it's like it's like the top two of my list of shows. You'll like, feel differently about it? Best Buy shirts. <laughs> Best Buy shirts. Okay. <laughs> it's like all this stuff that kind of like yeah. kind of became like a thing for a little mm. bit. Um, I, I it's so cool. I haven't um, caught up on it, but the ones I watched were like I said, they were just so it was just easy going yeah. to watch. You soundtrack's know? really cool. Um, it's one of my favorite shows. So she's Easter. such a likable screen presence. Yeah, like. and she has like a sci-fi show coming out on HBO pretty soon. I don't know wow. what the hell that is going on, but yeah, Issa Rae's. Well, insecure. it's cool that she is one of those people that like HBO wants to be in the business of that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't somehow see Lena Dunham hanging on to that. <sighs> what spot. the f- man? It's like every time she talks, she just makes it worse for herself. God, man. 
Good luck to her, though. Yeah, right. Go but ahead. I don't want to hog. I don't want to use lean. No, I don't want to wedge her right, into right, uh, right. Issa Rae's segment because it's true. She is just a. There's a talent there, and there's yeah. a voice there, and it's. Uh, it reminds me of. I mean, it's happened a few times in recent years where there'll be a show that seems like it's driven by a voice. Uh, Aziz yeah. Ansari with Master of None, um, and of course Donald Glover with Atlanta, which yeah. didn't come back this year or it might so sad. might be on our list you the know? trailer for the new season it's just brilliantly put together did you hear that he's doing he, he structured the show based on the tiny tunes movie yeah well he said that but yeah then, but when he explained when why, he explained it it's less of a specific sense. reference no. he's not gonna have right, like right. uh you know we're all together loony he's not gonna yeah. have that he just means it's show. cohesive yeah. and you can watch them separate but it's a movie that it's like watch. short i also got yeah. from that that it's gonna be short segments that almost play as like a short that mm. those will pile up. Okay. But the first season was so experimental with how it handled plot lines. I mean, that's not that much of a leap from the way they did the first season. Right, right. But no, I'm looking forward to that Can one a lot. Wait. Uh, all these shows that aren't coming back in certain years, like Fargo skips a year, right, right. that show skips a year. Steve, two of your picks are skipping I uh, skipping so much time. What am I going to do next year, guys? I mean, year? I really do wonder... You, do you ever look at a year and wonder what's going to fill that spot that something yes. else... Like, what's going to fill the spot that Game of Thrones normally fills? What's going to fill the spot that, like, next fall, are we going to be watching something else that hits us as hard as Stranger Things? Or are we just going to be wishing we had Stranger Things? Probably. That's probably yeah. where I'll yeah. be. Even, From... even in terms of the blockbuster movies coming out this year, there's a ton in the first half of the year. Like, there's ten movies, big movies, between now and July. And then after July, you've got, like... Aquaman. Yeah. I don't know what else there is. No, yeah. there's the um, Spider-Verse, the animated Spider-Man. Oh, that looks, it looks really that looks that looks really cool. Looks really cool. <laughs> really and it's good. Miles Morales, goddammit. Yeah, I know. They're going to do some cool stuff. So cool. Uh, but the Watchmen TV show on HBO is something I'm looking forward to. Is that to. coming, or is that just like It's in 2018, they say. Oh, it actually? They say. Okay. I don't know what the hell that even Who's means. Who's they? <laughs> HBO, oh, HBO said that okay. it's coming out in 2008. <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything anymore, man. Right, right. So. Well, Westworld didn't come back this year this last year so i wonder if it's going to come back this year i'm oh, kind of falling in love with that show i'm interested to see what they'll do with the second season yeah, since yeah, yeah. they i need to give they did a lot of finish. damage control during the first season and they've taken a long break and to me that makes me think maybe they will have said this is now we now know what we're doing right because it felt like in the first season they didn't quite know they oh had some good yeah, cast members little... and neat moments and there yeah. were a couple of <clears throat> gut punch things that were cool to see but that one didn't really like, I, if that comes out and that's in the Game of Thrones slot this year, it will be sort of like, eh, all right. It probably will be, you're right. But do you know yeah. what I mean? If yeah. that's the big fantasy kind of sure. HBO show. But I have a feeling there's some shit we don't know about oh, that's going to blow us Oh, well, they got some year. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I trust HBO, man. Yeah. Um, well, I will talk about another pay cable service that uh, this year gave 18 hours and I don't know how much money to David Lynch to bring back Twin Peaks mm. from, you know, the ether. It's always <laughs> been kind of talked about. It's yeah. a show that I don't know if a lot of modern audience members had seen or were that familiar with, right. but I think everybody knows what it means to say Twin Peaks or David Lynch in terms of a style reference. Mm -hmm. right. There's a sort of reliance on dream imagery and a kind of eliciting creepy feelings from, from mundane things, you mm -hmm. know, using sound design and camera movement to suggest... What lies beneath the surface? D David Lynch has always been good at that sense of this is a what's happening here. Why why do I feel uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. You know, um, long takes uh, uh, that take a long time for the action in them to unfold, um, 
and that sort of thing. And it, uh, so basically, it was an 18 hour David Lynch movie broken up into chapters that Showtime funded. So it was just such an interesting thing, right down to the fact that the episode descriptions were always these sentence fragments that were based on a line of the episode that Showtime didn't do promos that had any real footage in it. They didn't do next that. week's wow. on, they didn't do previously on. You sat down to watch an episode knowing. Jeez. That okay, this I have like I don't know which characters are going to be in this episode. I don't know what storyline is going to be in this episode. Wow! And he played with certain expectations over the season. There were certain aspects. I don't really don't want to spoil it in case someone's going to you know hear my recommendation and run out and watch eighteen hours of David Lynch. Mm. Um, but there was comedy involved, and there was you know a, a, there would be an actor that you would be you would he- had heard was cast like Michael Sarah that then shows up for one scene and it's a very bizarre but funny scene and you just go, okay, no one but David Lynch and Michael Sarah and Robert Forster, this scene couldn't exist outside of this this creator. You know, mm. That idea of the showrunner and the auteur was just very clear. And Mark Frost, who was the co-writer of the series, um, I think had a lot to do with it too in terms of just how they, they brought this back in a way that nobody could have predicted what this was going to be. The show had so many ways of paying homage to the past and some actors that were in the show that died after they shot this final scene. Um, it was very emotional in that way to see this affection that David Lynch had for these performers, maybe even these characters, but much more so these performers. Mm. David Bowie would have been in this playing his character from Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me if he hadn't died, you know. Mm. And then Catherine Coulson, who plays the log lady, uh, a Twin Peaks character that people remember from the early show, she died after the show was made, but she's like at death's door, and the way that she's filmed, her character's dying. And so there's an added poignancy to having characters wow. say goodbye to a character who's played by an actress that maybe they knew was dying. It's just full of little things like that that made it super interesting every week to watch it. So I would cool. say that that and, and, and the fact that it was an 18-hour show that came out every week and it forced you to watch it like an event um i do think that made it really special i don't know i kind of hope they don't come back and do more this ended on a weird note that i could see them bringing in some satisfaction maybe bringing it to some closure some closure 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 (laughs) but uh i also like the fact that it ended on a note that was not too different from the original twin peaks series the way it ended on a cliffhanger that was meant to come back for another season and then got canceled this felt like okay this is another he came back and instead of resolving everything, he left you with another ending image that is like, well, fuck. Now now I'm going to have nightmares and wonder. And I think maybe that's part of this show's magic is that it, it's mm. it's meant to make you wonder. You know, gotcha. so cool. Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks, The Return. You know, I've never I, I remember watching it I've like the Twin first Peaks. season of it back in the 90s. But I, I don't know. I just it's something I completely missed. Yeah, me too. But it's definitely I, an acquired taste. But I appreciate taste. like the support for it. You know, like, mm-hmm. people I know and whose opinions I trust, like. Just shout from the rooftops. Well, I mean, I think it's definitely like David Lynch. It's like if you clue into what he does, if you think he's funny and scary and interesting, then that's like a flavor that you like that no one else quite has. And if you don't see that, a lot of people just see it as, you know, a mess of like, what is that about? Like, he's just like, I don't, I'm not one of these people that like worships everything that he does. I think that he is an interesting filmmaker who has an interesting style of working that sometimes incorporates like stiff acting or weird non-actors or weird moments that play awkwardly. I think that the one thing about David Lynch that you can say is whether the effects are cheesy or whether the moment feels kind of odd and hard to relate to is that he's, he's making what he wants to make. 
And that's not always an out. But what I'm saying is if you're watching something and you're going, well, that video effect was kind of cheesy. And then you're thinking like, but, you know, David Lynch sat there with some video effects supervisor and he wanted it to look that way. So it's like you're clashing maybe with his aesthetic, but you're not doubting that there's an intention behind it and that it's it's um, it it almost becomes part of the humor of watching David Lynch. What is a film? Is, Is it supposed to be kind of a dream that appears on a screen in front of you that you are forced to interpret? I think there is some value to that idea, even though I love a good plot. Cool. My last pick is the animated show I talked about (laughs) briefly earlier, another Netflix show. Um, It's Big Mouth. Yes. Uh, Nick Kroll, Andrew Goldberg. um, What's uh, who else? Mark Levin and and everybody's Jennifer Jennifer Flack. This is the creators of the show. But yeah, if you talk about cast, like any comedian or relevant comedic actor, probably has voiced the character on the show. But it's mainly Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, Maya Rudolph, um, Jason Manzukis, um, Jenny Slate, Fred Armisen are like the more is like the consistent actors that are on the show. It's just basically uh, an animated comedy about puberty, you know, mm. and just how awkward it is, how messy it is, how embarrassing it is, um, how emotional it is, and it just does this really great job of balancing. It's got like this heart to it throughout yeah. the entire ten episodes of season one, um, that it's so it, it they they were so careful to like kind of infuse this grossness and how absurd some of the episodes are, mm-hmm. and how crass some of the humor is, <laughs> but still being about the emotions that you go through and yeah. how much of a roller coaster ride it is to be a middle schooler or, or seventh grader and you know maybe where the show follows these kids through it in, in the second season. Uh, which was announced. It's just it just does such a good job of tapping into those 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 experiences and and everybody's had them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like literally anybody could watch some of these episodes and whether you like the humor, you could relate to a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And the situational comedy is really funny, and uh, the voice acting is great. But I don't know. There was always this book growing up that I remember seeing, and it was there was an animated series which I found on YouTube years ago. It wasn't a series. It was like an educational video called What's Happening to Me. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. <laughs> but I remember like a cousin having this book. Like his mother gave it to him like to kind of help explain what was going on. And and the animations in the, in the book and on the uh, and the, the informational video, the sex ed video, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, it, it just immediately comes to mind when watching Big Mouth. Down to the way the animation looks to how awkward the explanations of what's happening yeah, are. Right. And just like, uh, you know, it, it's just, it just tied, it made me like flash back to that mm-hmm. right in the first episode. But um, the show, I don't know, it's just really entertaining, really funny, really sweet. Um, and it does a good job of like kind of giving perspectives of different kids mm-hmm. at that age. Like, right. you know, you have the Nick Kroll and, and John Mulaney character. Um, you have a young girl who it follows that's going through her own type of changes um, you know, people from different types of families, different types of backgrounds, different, just lots of different kids are, are tried to be represented, um, unique experiences and different household styles and parental styles and things like that, which create really funny situations in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was another one of those things like American Vandal where like, I heard about the show and I knew it was animated, but it just pops up on Netflix, and you and you're just like, I, I, I kind of interested in that. It looks it looks funny to me, mm-hmm. and you know, watched it all on like a Saturday morning, one Saturday <laughs> morning, like you know, Aaron and I watched the whole season, <laughs> and I just remember just being like, I loved that show. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. 
it, it's got that weird thing. Like I keep saying the heart thing, yeah. But it's almost got like this like Amblin esque thing. I, we use that as an adjective. Yeah. But like it's got this Amblin feeling where like it's edgy or there's something beyond just being sweet. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's the comedy and how gross it is. But I mean, like going through puberty is really fucking gross, and it can be for certain <laughs> kids. Some kids go better or have a better go at it, and some don't. And it it does that really well in showing how like one kid's going through puberty pretty naturally, and the other one's not. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny. It creates really funny moments. Um, and following these two these two best friends and kind of their 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 adventures through puberty are really really fun. I mean, I've been meaning to check it out, and I kind of was like, I bet Steve. Is gonna have that on his list because you had mentioned before yeah, that you yeah, really yeah. liked it, and I was thinking, okay, if he's got it on his list, that I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. put it on the, put it on the queue. Yeah, definitely. I think you both would. I don't know. I if need you to finish it. it. I'm like yeah. three episodes in. I need to finish. It is so funny. Like mm-hmm. Jordan, funny. I keep Jordan Peele voices uh, Duke Ellington. He kind of just pops <laughs> up and starts singing in episodes, <laughs> and they do this really fun thing. Like every episode has like a musical cue, where they take like a popular pop song or mainstream song, and they basically cover it, but topically with whatever that episode's about Mm -hmm. like everybody hurts like everybody bleeds Mm -hmm. like like weird things (laughs) like they they pick these like pop songs and rewrite them on whatever the episode's about but like the the ghost of duke ellington is like one of the like consciousness uh you know like kind of like the jiminy cricket of one of the characters (laughs) yeah like kind of trying to guide him through things and um the boys and girls have like hormone monsters that they see and like Maya Rudolph voices the the girl's hormone monster and is incredibly funny. She's so funny. She's <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, you guys would, I no doubt you would love that show. Getting it. through it, I mean, it's it's great, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what they like that kind of thing. Like, do they jump a few years and like kind of show, you know, what high school feels like or mm-hmm. something like that, um, which would be kind of cool. <clears throat> but um, it's kind of cool to also know that these characters are based on like. Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg's like actual friendship going through middle school and high school together and like mm-hmm. actual characters like that they knew going, growing up are, are like who the kids are based on which is kind of fun that's cool it's kind of like how I love the I kind of love the, the show the Goldbergs and like how like the stories are based yeah. around like real things and they show like the real footage at the end of the episodes mm-hmm. it's cool to hear that like these are actually things that they went through yeah. as kids and how yeah. absurd they are but they're real but yeah I love Big Mouth cool. so Netflix Netflix. Man. Netflix might be the big winner. Netflix. I don't know if yeah. we can tally it up, but I do think it was the one that had the most so. had the most shows. I got I got three Netflix shows. Does anybody have any honorable mentions they Absolutely. want to just spew out? Boy. I'll just spit them out. Let me get my spit spit yours out. Let me get my notes app going. Um, as it boots up with my slow phone, um, I got the Good Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good show. the good Leftovers things. Keepers was on my list. Smilf was on my list. So Channel Zero, No End House. I've mentioned that show before in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi series, anthology, horror. Watch it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I need to. Good. I need it's to. really good. Um, and the one of the only network shows, I mean, maybe besides Good Place, <laughs> Trial and Error, mm-hmm. uh, John mm-hmm. Lithgow. It's very much like American Vandal, where it's kind of a kind of send up of the true crime oh wow um documentary series mm-hmm. and it's like basically there's a there's a there's a death in this small town mm. and this big city lawyer goes with a documentary crew 
to to solve whether John Lithgow did it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it, and it I saw that it also got picked up for season two. Okay, cool. Um, cool. No, I saw the trailer for that, and it looked like uh, that concept is funny. I like the I, yeah, it's very like kind of genre mix. I was gonna th- mention it when we talked about American Vandal. Forgot, but um, that was the Walker possibly that mm-hmm. I was trying to throw in there. But <laughs> um, yeah, John Lithgow can be so good, mm-hmm. and I think he's great in that show. He is good. Um, a bunch of other characters you would recognize. I can't remember all their names right now, but the one woman from Glee who played the one teacher. Um, the one that like Will falls in love with in Glee. I don't know. I can't. Remember. I never remember her name, mm. <clears throat> but she's in the show. She's great in it too. But yeah, those are those were my uh, honorable mentions. What about you, Ronald? Okay, um, Claws on TBS. I fucking love that show. The Deuce that does not get enough love, man. I haven't watched it. The I haven't Deuce watched it. So I, I wanted fucking... to watch it before this because I, I I imagined it might have ended up on my list, but I didn't get to see Nobody it. Nobody handles characters juggling a bunch of characters quite like David Simon, David Simon man. Yeah. Like, it's something about... Okay. Uh, American, His dialogue is so great. American Gods. Carmichael show Rest in Peace. I <laughs> mean, say it like that. Glow? Oh yeah, glow was good. Fucking glow. Glow and the I have I have a list. You of have glow. Five, you have no, glow. I have a list of five shows I didn't watch, but I feel like you if I watch did glow? watch, mm-hmm. it might make a run at my list. I and promise you two will Deuce love. Deuce and glow were both on my I haven't watched list. I promise you yeah, two will love. I didn't finish love glow, but I but, I, but I liked glow. the first season, first half of the season of glow a lot. Yeah, man. And um, my and last... it's also a short. It's like a half hour episode. So yeah, yeah, that makes very it really easy to take yeah, in I love that. and kind of go. And uh, better call Saul. That came out too. Okay, yeah, that was gonna what? be one of one of my big honorable acting mentions. On top of acting, the man. only reason I didn't put it at my top spot was because it was in my top spot last year, and I right. just feel like you got to mix it up a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. But yeah, it's this so good. insanely good quality yeah. across the board. Cinematography, just the storytelling so is good. so calibrated and so carefully done, and all the performances just get richer and richer and richer. Yeah. And this year they gave uh, Ray Seahorn, who plays Kim, a lot more to do, and and I just think that's great when the when the Secondary characters on a show start to become as interesting as the primary yeah. characters, and then of course in the center of it, Bob Odenkirk is doing this amazing work. Yeah. But this season may have belonged to Michael McKean, yeah. who, you know, just like may have taken that character to his logical extreme. And if the season, if the, what happens at the end of the season seems to be as final as as mm. it may be, that was a great way to to take oh, that character yeah. out. Yeah, it was so good, man. Yeah, and I want to give some love to Andy Daly's review that aired three episodes that wrapped up the show and um, left it in such a place that it was as funny and as kind of depressing, mm-hmm. like morally troubling and existentially yeah. depressing. Mm. Uh, just a beautiful way to leave this character because rather than give him a happy ending that would have felt tacked on or a totally brutal ending that might have felt too obvious, it gave us this queasy something in the middle mm. where the character thinks he's had a happy ending, but we see just how pathetic and small his world really is. Mm. Uh, and I, mean, I don't know, Andy Daly, he doesn't seem to be getting the kinds of parts that I think a comedy genius should be getting. Right, right. But I think that guy is a genius. And I, ho- I hope that he eventually gets, you know, a vehicle as good as Review was for his comedy. Yeah, yeah. So those were mine. Cool. I also like Big Little Lies. Did you guys watch that? Oh, man. Aaron got me started on that. Intensely good. Yeah, it's very good. It's really good. I need to watch Vice Principles, too. Oh, oh my man. God. That, that show is incredible. It, oh, that's on my also. That's on. Yeah, you know what? I Fuck, I don't I know why I didn't mention that. 
Damn that it. show is so damn good. It, look, dark, dark doesn't even. Yeah, there's something special about that. <laughs> yeah. Jody Hill, Danny, Danny McBride, McBride, man, comedy. Yeah, yeah. And and Walt Goggins were was. Yeah, no, he's great. He's so good. Yeah, in the this, insults. This, the second season is so good. The insults that well, the come way out that of they, his... I mean, again, not not having caught up with the second season, the way that they had a plan of a story they wanted to tell, and it was never intended to be one of these shows that gets squeezed out to seven seasons. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like Me that too. idea of short seasons with a story and then you're done. Yeah, and they shot them together. Yeah, yeah. And like they were ready to go. Them, yeah. Season 1 and 2. Did you did either of you watch um the other three that I had on my I needed to see but I didn't was the newer show The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is apparently No, I haven't seen great. it. Here's incredible. Uh Ozark? Ozark is so fucking good. I haven't watched it. Ozark. Mine, I, I don't know why I didn't mention Ozark. Mindhunter. Oh, I didn't see Mindhunter. See, those are those Ozark and Mindhunter are the two that are like I should have fucking watched if that. If you want a small town drama, Ozark. No, I, yeah, I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah. Mindhunter, I watched the first couple episodes and I thought it was good. I just never got around to finishing it. Yeah, I didn't it. finish yeah. it either. I but it was really well done. It's got that Fincher yeah. style. Yeah. But it just is a really cool idea. And if you are a true crime buff, the the notion of these sort of extended conversations at a point where they were just beginning to realize that you could learn something yeah, like from profiling them. as far as profiling yeah. the killer that you could learn something about the the personality that it wasn't all just a, a crime of the moment that you know sure. so i think that that's an interesting concept and the performances of like the guy who plays Ed Kemper in the yeah. show mm. is really maybe the most noteworthy thing about the episodes i've seen but i really like all the i, I liked all of it I, I think that it has a very peculiar style to the dialogue it's very kind of stilted but that felt to me like a deliberate choice. I would have to see how it plays out over the season. Amazon's The Tick. I got to mention that show, man. Amazon's The Tick is so fucking good, man. I'm not done it, but it's good. It's so goddamn. Do you know Griffin Newman, the guy he plays like the little sidekick on the show? I've never seen him in it. I haven't really seen him in much. You don't talk about that, right? Yes, yes. He has a great podcast with, really? with uh, David Sims. Uh, critic from the Atlantic, like it's called Blank Check. No, have you guys heard of this podcast? No, 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 no. no, no. Cool, it's really good. Basically, they're they're. And this is a free shout out, guys. Yeah. It's a uh, a podcast where they basically they select a filmmaker and they do a deep dive into their filmography, where basically they had a hit and were given a blank check to make whatever movies they wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's like big filmmakers that started small, maybe started big, went small. But they basically go deep. Like right now, I think they're on Paul. Uh, what's his? How do you pronounce it? Verhoeven. 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 Um, so they're going through his films now. They did like Spielberg and Nolan. Like yeah, yeah. I, great, great. I heard podcast. about when they were doing Spielberg, but I did not Mike check. Uh, and they like deep dive. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they are very knowledgeable, and they know a lot about the making of the movies and like you know little in, like industry inside stuff like. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend that is friends with them, and like, oh, wow. and we talk about this podcast all the time. Um, but I always hear him talk about the tick because he's on the show. He's an actor as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But he—that's like his big thing now. Check it's like he's—he's he's, that's his break. Is like he's on the tick. Awesome. I don't know if you've seen the cartoon, but it's yeah. like an interesting yeah. spin on. I don't know. I've never read the comic, but it's an yeah. interesting spin on. Cool. This guy. Yeah. And... Yeah. Cool. And there it is. There we... it is jammed mm-hmm. a ton of shows in this episode my takeaway is that netflix is netflix is just like for me my takeaway okay. is that netflix is just doing something right for me when it comes to 
television formatting mm-hmm. like, like what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. with some mm-hmm. of their shows mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <clears throat> i think that like they have some really interesting shows coming out in 2018 whether A they're ton. returning shows or new shows um that new one they keep promoting with uh joel kinnaman it's like a sci-fi thing where you basically you're, you 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 basically never have to die because your body mm-hmm. can be put into another body. Your your oh. your consciousness, your soul can be placed into another body. It's very like looks almost like it looks like Blade <gasps> Runner ish. Um, what the end of the fucking world? Right. Well, yeah, that's Netflix. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, it. it's, it's a UK trailer. show yeah. that yeah. existed before, yeah. but yeah. it is based on a graphic novel, yeah. same name. So fucking good. Yeah. So fucking. I, I haven't, good. You know, I, that looks really interesting. I think you guys would love that. I don't know. They're, they're just doing a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. For me, yeah. it's just like I'm very centric with Netflix. Like yeah, I, I, get I, it. I have the other subscriptions. I don't find myself going towards Amazon and Hulu as much. I need to. Like I yeah. really want to watch Dude, The Marvelous is Maisel uh, on Amazon. But I don't know. There's something just about Netflix and the way the way I consume it on Netflix, or I don't know. It's it's interesting that. Three of my shows were Netflix, and two of the ones I didn't see that mm-hmm. I probably will love could have possibly been on my top five list. Yeah, from what I've heard people saying, they love Mindhunter and love Ozark. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't, but it, there's a possibility that a year will have me picking five Netflix shows. Yeah, you know? well, uh, Netflix does something very specific that reminds me to keep fucking with them. They oh, yeah. do the notifications, yeah, and they email me. And suggested I've, I've never gotten emails. What? I'd, I'd I get emails. Man, I love it. It helps me kind of. That's good though. But both suggest different things sometimes. Oh, like cool. it'll say like this is a you like comedies. Right, you right. you watch a shit ton of stand up. This this special's There's up. So much stuff coming out. So much stuff. So I look. This is what I wanted them to do. This is this is the issue I had. They didn't have a lot of like good stuff that was from other studios. So they said, fuck it. We're going to make our own stuff. And I think that is what I wanted. Eventually, yeah. there'd be a time where this felt like a different network. It felt like another network. Yeah. I like mean, a HBO, Showtime, Netflix. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, this know. may have been the biggest year of that, but that's been oh, yeah, that's man. been building for yeah. a while. It's it's it. Well, I, this is it. I know what you mean, Steve. When I kind of am aimlessly flipping around, I don't... I you know I haven't flipped channels in you know yeah, 10 God, years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I will pick... Like I'll pick up my iPad and go to Netflix and just scroll around until I'm like stuff that I was like ah, I wasn't as interested in this before, but now that I've watched this other thing, now I'm now this comedy special I'm gonna watch yeah. or now this show I'm gonna try, mm-hmm. and I will just browse around. And I sometimes will do the the video store thing of you browse around and you're like I guess I'm not gonna watch anything, but I had to come and look, you know. Yeah. Because I, I remember I used to have that feeling if I was in a video store for more than a few minutes, just like grab something and get out or just leave. Uh, I do, I'll do that on Netflix. I'll just be like, okay, I kind of, there's six things that look kind of interesting, but nothing's jumping out at me, but now I'm done. Right. I can put this down. I'll go about my business. I don't then, you know, start flipping around on other services necessarily. Two other great series that I have is Dark. Have you watched Dark? I haven't, but I, I heard really Dark cool. is really I've good. I've watched two episodes. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know you know this, this series, Lovesick. Scrotal Recall. Does that count? Does that, I don't know. So I, yeah. so that is the best comedy period airing on right now on anything but the thing is because it's british and because it's like a acquisition acquisition but this is this this last two seasons have been actual original netflix yeah fucking incredible it's great there's nothing like it yeah based on an st look man don't get me started on lovesick (laughs) aaron got me into it so good and i started like 
Yeah. We we got onto it like there's a show called Scrotal Recall. Yeah. This is it when they still had it called Scrotal Recall? Yeah, you Scrotal talked Re- about it last year. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, and now it's called Lovesick. Yeah. Like, it's really good. I wonder why they changed the name. <laughs> I was at a a sandwich shop this week and I mentioned that by the original name, a guy uh, almost spilled his coffee. He's like, that's the best name I've ever heard in my life. They should have kept that. <laughs> but a very literal choice for the name yeah, of a series when a guy's searching down the so women good, that man. Uh, let me recall in the friend the friendships seem very genuine yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, fuck, the character fucking right. good yeah. great show I don't know Netflix I don't know Netflix I don't want to beat the drum too hard but I feel like I feel something happening with mm-hmm. Netflix ah like, yeah you know we've felt it for a while and they're, they're trying so hard to get that like industry acknowledgement and like the awards and the accolades. Like, I, I don't know where that is, but I feel there's like uh, a consensus among television consumers yeah. <clears throat> that a lot of what somebody would mention as like some of their favorite shows, mm-hmm. the time has come where I feel like you'd probably poll a majority of people would mention a Netflix series. Yeah. Like, and it could be a couple different things, yeah. you know, a, a, a number of different shows that they might yeah. bring up, but I don't know. Everybody's talking about how good a House of Cards was this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what's going to happen in the next couple years just with everything happening. Just yeah. like with like acquisitions. And... They're, they're, they're doing so many yeah. different kinds. I remember I saw this article, like one of those clickbait articles about like the, the, the 10 shows you never, you didn't know Netflix had. And there's so many wild shows on Netflix coming out this year. Yeah. Like just topical. I mean like just topic driven like they're so different and they're like, shooting for these stars yeah. and I, I get it yeah. I get what they're yeah. trying to do I'm like I said with everything that's happening and there's rumors that a bigger company's trying to buy Netflix that's another thing that's a little weird the fruit stand the fruit stand yeah the fruit stand yeah I don't know about buy that but I mean they can though they're, they're doing their own little programming thing I I think, but we'll see. I hope they don't do it by brute force. That makes me uncomfortable. Brute force. Just buying stuff. Man, there's ways to do it in really creepy ways right. without just being like, hey, can we buy you? You know, so yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see what comes out in 2018. Yeah. You can find us at com, facebook.com slash... <laughs> Are we schmovie on there or movie schmovie? I think movie schmovie. Yeah, okay. I think we got movie Yeah, I think we got the official yeah, tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> What was that you said? Official tissue. Official tissue. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have any other shows that we didn't mention that we should be aware of, you know, wherever you're listening to this or if you're list- clicking on a link on Facebook or wherever you see this, comment or email us at moviespeedbygmail.com or if you or follow our personal pages anywhere, um, let us know because, you know, as you can tell, we try to watch tons of different shows. We do. And whatever platform they're on, we, we, we can find it. Yeah. We will find it. So if there's a show we missed or that you just absolutely loved last year, uh, let us know what that was because we'd like to catch up on it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, as always, we made our day. Thanks. Bye.